Welcome back. You're listening to the Jackal Media Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify for Podcasters, formerly known as Anchor, and Spotify. I'm not up on Amazon Music yet. I think I mentioned in the last episode I was going to try and get this fixed, so bear with me. Uh, yeah. You're listening to our new intro song called Push Yourself by Hey Pluto, and want to express thankfulness for them letting me use your music and you'll hear this song going forward for the next or for the foreseeable future i should say um with that being said yeah just enjoy the music for a bit Okay, so think we're going to begin there, and yeah, so the last episode was Thursday last week, I believe, and I'm recording on Friday, June 9th. I think that's when it's, I think it's going to go up on Saturday, June 10th, roughly in the morning, and yeah, we're going to see how things go. Hopefully I can get one up for them. Uh, There is about 33 minutes until tip-off for the Nuggets and Heat game. And I don't think I'm going to be getting to that. Uh, I don't think I'll be finishing up anytime uh, soon. So we have a lot to talk about. There's a lot of news that's happened within the NHL. But if you're going to notice, this name is called Rempart My Heart for the episode. And it's just fun little play on words for the Quebec Remparts who have won the 2023 Memorial Cup. They won 5-1 over the Seattle Thunderbirds in pretty dominating and convincing fashion. So uh, congratulations to them and their head coach Patrick Waugh, who I think uh, Patrick Waugh has only won twice and both being a coach. So... Just moving on from things. Uh, There has been a couple of trades that have gone down in the last couple of days. I was going to do one when the Provorov trade broke, but I didn't. And here we are. So, the Philadelphia Flyers trade former 7th overall pick from the 2015 NHL entry draft. Ivan Provorov, he was traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's a three-team trade involving the LA Kings, and here are the details. So, Columbus received Ivan Provorov at 30% retained. Philadelphia received Cal Peterson, Sean Walker, Helge Granz, a conditional second-round pick, and they just get to choose if it's in 2024-25. They have to choose that before the first round of the 2024 NHL entry draft. They also got the uh, second or the 22nd overall pick and the 2023 NHL 2023 NHL entry draft and a conditional or not a conditional. This one is they get it since there's a 2024 second round pick from Columbus. Uh, so Peterson, Walker, Granz and that conditional second comes from L.A., and then the first and the second round pick are from Columbus. If you look at uh, LA, 
they received cap space, 30% of Provorov's contract, Kevin Connaughton, and Hayden Hodgson. This cap space was used to uh, re-sign Vladislav Gavrikov, who LA traded their 2023 first, uh, first round pick, which is the 22nd overall pick in this draft, over to Columbus. And Columbus traded that to acquire uh, Damon, or not Damon Severson, Ivan Provorov. Speaking of Damon Severson, he was involved in a sign and trade deal to the Columbus Blue Jackets today. Uh, Severson, he was set to be a free agent on July 1st, and, well, he's not a free agent anymore. He got his money. He's going to make $6.25 million annually for eight seasons, starting in the 2023-24 season. And then he was traded to Columbus right after. It was a sign and trade. And speaking of contract extensions, Vladislav Gavrikov, he reportedly didn't want a deal that was any longer than two years in length. So Gavrikov signed a two-year, $5.825 million contract with the LA Kings. And so he got his short term, and he's banking on himself. Basically, he's waiting for the cap to go up to get seven, eight million dollars because he knows he can get it then, potentially. And yeah, speaking of the salary cap going up, we'll have more on that in a bit. So these three deals have some sort of correlation to each other. The first deal kind of relates more to the Gavrikov stuff as LA needed a clear space if they wanted to keep Vladislav Gavrikov. Whereas Columbus was just looking to beef up their blue line for the 23-24 season. They're out of tank mode, got the third uh, got the third overall pick this year. And hey, future is bright in uh, Columbus. Philadelphia, they're going to tear it down, have a bit of a build, have a kind of another crappy season. I hate to say that, but it is what it is. That is what they're going to have, and at face value, that's what it is. So, that second deal, the Severson sign-and-trade, kind of relates because Columbus is just trying to get tougher to, and meaner to play against on the blue line. You have Eric Goodbranson there already, Zach Wierenski, who's your top guy. Now you've added two top four defensemen in, Ivan Provorov and Damon Severson. So, I'm... I hope to see a competitive team come out of uh, Columbus next year, so we'll see where that goes. And like I said, speaking of contract extensions, Cole Caulfield, he signed an eight-year contract extension worth $7.85 million annually. This is no surprise because, well, he was going to get offer sheeted, and it was going to be a hefty, hefty offer sheet. So. Sorry, I just took a sip of my drink. Caulfield gets his eight-year contract, $7.85 million annually, which is about 250000 or maybe even less than that, than uh, what Nick Suzuki is making at the moment. And I truthfully think that Montreal handled this situation as best as they could, because when it's time for Cole Caulfield to sign a new contract 
when his current eight-year deal is up, he's going to get probably nine to 10, maybe even $11 million on his contract. Speaking of players who want nine or $10 million on their next contract, Pierre-Luc Dubois, his agent, Pat Brisson, informed the Winnipeg Jets general manager, Kevin Sheveldayoff, that he will not be signing with the Winnipeg Jets for the 2023-24 season or beyond. And Dubois' agent wants to work on a trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I don't think this was going to be good from the get-go. And that's specifically because you traded a guy who's going to play for you until he didn't play for you, which was Patrick Laine. You knew Ross Levick wanted to go to Columbus. That was a given. You acquired Pierre-Luc Dubois and a guy who quit on the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now you have a coach and he, yeah, he's a bit of a harder coach. Rick Bonus is old school. We all know that. Um, I think it's kind of upsetting that the Winnipeg Jets get two seasons out of PLD, two and a half seasons technically. What's even more upsetting is the fact that Pierre-Luc Dubois, sure he played well for us, but I would have liked to have kept him for longer than two and a half seasons. Frankly, it's disgusting to see how he's quit on both of the teams that he's played for so far to throw a sort of hissy fit that he wants to play for a different team. Other players who are RFAs are going to see this sort of behavior and say, oh, well, I want to play for the uh, Winnipeg Jets or I want to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs or I want to play for the New York, New York Rangers. So I'm going to I'm not going to sign with them. But ultimately, I think it's for the best in the uh, situation of the Winnipeg Jets that they are. Their hand is kind of forced to trade him now, or, and I say or because I can see Kevin Sheveldayoff saying, okay, you're sitting this year. And there's going to be one team at the end of, or at the trade deadline, who's in a playoff race that could legitimately go on a Stanley Cup run, who will give up the moon to get him because trade deadline, that market is higher. So, Pierre-Luc Dubois will not be playing as a Winnipeg Jet for the 2023-24 season. But I do think he will be on their reserve list. Or he will just be an RFA on their roster. Because frankly, one of the things that a lot of RFAs forget to realize, regardless of how many years you have left as a restricted free agent, if you sit a season, you don't get to walk to free agency. You don't get to walk to unrestricted free agency, by the way. You don't get this sort of privilege with the CBA. Is It's in the CBAs. If a player sits for a full season, they don't walk to unrestricted free agency. They can talk to other teams about an offer sheet, but they cannot talk to teams about, oh, I'm, an, I'm a UFA, because they're not. 
and Dubois might have shot himself in the foot here because yes he's got that one year left of RFA status but Pierre-Luc Dubois his RFA rights could be pushed back until he's 32 years old if he refuses to sign that is something to consider here it won't look good for him if he refuses to sign even after sitting a full season because he's not benefiting himself as a professional and he's not benefiting himself on the ice and I know I'm going to get a lot of angry Jets fans saying well at least he informed the team and all this but like we all knew he wasn't going to be here at least sign a contract and then we'll move you for crying out loud is do what you did in Columbus like, you just fully stopped quitting on the team. You gave a half-ass effort. So, I I don't know. I don't like the situation where Dubois gets his agent to kind of play mafia for him and say, oh, by the way, this guy's not signing for you next year. And, yeah, trade him back to Columbus. Just make his life hard for him. And I say that because, speaking of the Columbus Blue Jackets, yes, they've made trades in the last two days. On June 30th, 2023, Mike Babcock's contract with the Toronto Maple Leaf will be ended. And that means he can become the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets if he accepts the offer. What the delay is? His contract. Yes, he was fired. But he's honoring the contract that he's kind of still being paid out on. So, good for him. Um, There's a lot of shitty stories in the league about Mike Babcock. There's the Marner one. Uh, Mike Commodore on Twitter anytime. And not even on Twitter. Just anywhere he gets a chance to rip Babcock's name in half. He will. And... Yeah, uh, Mike Babcock, I, I don't know what to say about him. I don't like that he's getting another job in the NHL, but it's not my, it's not my job to pick and choose who gets to be an NHL coach. And I keep seeing a lot of things where people say like, oh, is there not any more coaches that they develop? Like, it's more, more or less a thing where coaches like to be an NHL level coach you need to be good and I'm not saying that because Babcock's like he's won stuff but he's got reputation and reputations are hard to shake so it's the end of rant number two for me and moving on to a bit different uh, topics Carter Hart he's received or he's going to be traded in the next few days maybe even by draft day but Carter Hart he yeah Carter Hart he's going to get traded like I said here are some things to consider it's hard to find a proven number one goalie before they enter their prime I'm not saying Carter Hart is proven All I am saying is that Carter Hart 
can play up to a number one goalie status. He's 24 years old, and he's just making about $4 million a season. He's got RFA status for two more seasons after that. So this is going to be a trade where teams who want a young star goaltender they're going to probably hit light or catch lightning in a bottle man um and i have a bit of an updated note here is carter hart has been receiving a ton of interest from multiple teams from a source and there are no clear front runners as of right now as for the 2023 nhl entry draft top prospect adam fantilli is still undecided if he will stay at the university of michigan for the 2023-24 season this shouldn't come as a surprise as a lot of players want to finish their degree in a timely manner uh, neil pionk took a few years to do it for himself and yeah i don't fully understand what's going on but there's there's a lot of stuff in this league that doesn't make sense a second overall pick who's going to be in the NHL for a long time going back to college I understand that as a fourth year college student coming up I understand it specifically because of things like you know the fact that education is important and your professional career is limited so adam fantilli is not only investing in himself but he's investing in his long-term future so good for him and i really hope to see uh, adam fantilli be a big piece for the anaheim ducks if that's where he gets selected but, yeah, uh, Adam Fantilli's a real deal. So, anyways, moving on, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have at, or they have added former NHL star Shane Doan to the front office as the special advisor to Brad Treliving. Before, it was Kyle Dubas and Jason Spezza in these two roles as special advisor to Kyle Dubas and I think this is an upgrade because Shane Doan played a very rough and tumble game he was also very well respected on the ice he can bring this sort of element to the locker room even though he's not a player he could bring an element to the locker room that is needed and yeah I this is beneficial for the Toronto Maple Leafs as uh, Matthews idolized Shane Doan when he was uh, when he was growing up, and it could just be a great thing to say that you have in your locker room is you have veteran presence who's well respected around the league. And I'm not saying that Jason Spezza isn't well respected around the league. I'm just saying Shane Doan played on arguably one of the worst teams ever in the history of the NHL there I said it he also kind of he knew how to mix it up as a star player 
The guys in the locker room of the Toronto Maple Leafs need that. And kind of to say just as that, I I can kind of see Shane Doan's son, Josh Doan, becoming a Toronto Maple Leaf because of it. And Josh Doan is childhood friends with Matthew Nyes, and he also kind of likes to follow Austin Matthews. So, the NHL's a business, yes. It is also a very people-oriented uh, area. And Shane Doan coming to the Toronto Maple Leafs at face value is to fully help in the signing of Austin Matthews. And that's without a doubt. So, kind of moving on because we still got a few more things to get through. Uh, Eric Carlson might be getting shopped. And this is another rumor that's been going on. All I'm going to say to this is good luck moving a nearly $12 million contract, which is an albatross for a defenseman. And no team has the cap space or the contracts to move to bring this guy in. Yes, he's great. The hard salary cap in Gary Bettman's eyes is an incredible thing to Bettman, but you cannot make these big uh, moves to better your team. So, good luck to the San Jose Sharks getting rid of this contract. Anyways, the Boston Bruins are exploring a trade to clear cap space. The most likely, it's most likely to be a combination of a couple of players Cap casualties will most likely be Derek Forbert, Matt Grizzlick, and or Linus Allmerk. I don't... There's nothing in my eyes that says that this will make any sort of sense for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Or not the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins. The Bruins are good. Grizzlick could be better. Forbert's incredible to have on the blue line. And Allmark and Swayman are incredible to have in net. The only one I can see getting moved is Matt Grizzlick with that awful, awful Mike Riley contract. If that hasn't expired. And I get that Orlov wants to test the free agent market. If you do a bit a uh, bit of poking around, you can actually kind of find the fact that he might sign because what team's going to take an older defenseman on a six, seven year contract? Yeah, he's won a couple of things. It's also, it's a hard salary cap. And unless he's signing for league minimum to the Tampa Bay Lightning, Dmitry Orlov will not move this offseason. Or very unlikely move this offseason, I should say. It'll be hard to fit a lot of guys in to the top 24 to 20 teams because of the salary cap. This is why we need a uh, luxury tax. Kind of moving on. Alex Dabrinkit will not sign a long-term extension with the Ottawa Senators until the sale is finalized and the direction of team of the team is certain. 
Ottawa's due diligence is supposedly looking into Debrinkit's wishes and looking for a trade. So, Debrinkit, he's 24 years old. He's got arbitration rights. I'm pretty sure this is his last year of arbitration or RFA eligibility. And I have an updated note as well that uh, Debrinkit, as of I think yesterday night or this morning, has submitted his preferred trade list to the Ottawa Senators. So it is what it is. We're going to see a Debrinkit trade more than likely again for two seasons in a row. And speaking of free agency rumors, I'm allowed to share this one with a few people. A few people being my podcast and people that I work with. So, uh, Luke Shen is to sign a two to three year contract extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The AAV is unknown, but is going to be anywhere from 850,000 to $1.4 million a season. That is where we're estimating what he's gonna make in a season. It could also be a three year, $3.75 million total so 1.25 million dollars isn't a terrible number for a guy who's actually going to do well as a defenseman for the Leafs and speaking of the Leafs uh, Milan Lucic has reportedly expressed interest in potentially signing on as a Toronto Maple Leaf and I say hold your horses because a lot of people realize Brad Trey Living was the GM in Calgary while Lucic was there. Lucic was regarded very, very highly by uh, Trey Living, not only for character, but for what he brought to the table. The Leafs wouldn't get pushed around a whole lot with Lucic in their lineup. And I can fully see a lot of problems getting solved come playoff time, like Sam Bennett, who slammed your rookie's head into the ice and the team did nothing about it for the next two to three games. And yeah, so those are the only two free rumors I have as of right now. As these rumors develop and I get more, I'll be sure to bring them on the podcast and let you know when I can. Finally, to close the podcast, the Senator's or speaking of the Senators' sale process, which should have been before the free agency rumors. Uh, yeah. One of the top bidders for the Ottawa Senators, and he's a Toronto-based billionaire. His name is Steve Apostolopoulos, I think is how you say that. He's withdrawn from the bidding process to buy the Ottawa Senators. He was reported as frustrated at the process and therefore it caused him to back out of the bidding. Finally, we're going to talk about Bettman here. First, I want to say on his refusal to raise the salary cap past $1 million next year, he says the escrow debt will not be paid off by the end of the season, which is ultimately disgusting at the fact that the league has 
recorded record revenues for three straight seasons. You had the Canada division, which was really great for the league. You had last year, which was normal for the league. And then you had this year, which was normal for the league. And each year sets record revenues. I want to emphasize record revenues in a 56 game season where 8 of your 32 teams could almost play in front of no fans. And yet, Bettman says that escrow has not been paid. When this league pulls in billions of dollars, they have owners who are worth billions of dollars. This league is a joke compared to the MLS, almost. The NBA, the MLB, and the NFL all have high salary caps because they're not gate-driven. The NHL is less gate-driven than they were five years ago, yeah. But you have a guy who knows how to make money for the league who's not doing in what's the best interest for the owners. And with the salary cap only going up by 1 million, this handcuffs a lot of, like, a ton of teams who have, like, 10 forwards or 10 players at most signed and $600,000 of cap space. Like, what are they going to do? Play 7, 8, 10, 15 players short? There's going to be a wave of teams that spend over the salary cap on purpose. And they're going to do it because of what is going on with the salary cap. And speaking of the salary cap, it would have been a lot higher had Bettman moved the Arizona Coyotes back to Winnipeg and had the Atlanta uh, Thrashers moved to like Houston or to Quebec. One of the two. 26 years of failure for that franchise and yet they're still going to exhaust all efforts to keep them in Arizona. This shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. And my relocate the team for crying out loud. And I think it's time where we wrap up Friday, June 9th recording. And I want to thank the Jans and boys for letting me use their song called One for the Road, which you're hearing right now. The show, it doesn't go anywhere without you as viewers, new and old, and I appreciate all of your support. Please support my work over at Inside the Rink, where you can find my weekly blog called Jacko's Bargains, many 2023 NHL prospect profiles, and Ottawa Senators and Buffalo Sabres coverage and just so much more on top of that you can go over to my personal website and which is linked below hopefully if i remember and yeah i just want to thank you and i hope you have a great day peace out everybody
while the crack in the sky makes us old life that I left is far behind believing I could find some peace of mind no strings attached no contract signed just a place for me to unwind we keep on Follow. Mm-hmm.